1: Welcome back to the official SEC Slow Smoke Podcast. I'm your host, Alex, joined by my two lovely co-hosts, Holt Smash. What's up, Holt?
2: Not much, Alex. Just, uh, you know, just enjoying a nice little quiet evening here in Memphis, Tennessee. And uh, it's uh, just, uh, just a great day to be alive. What's the net impact on that
1: dinner that you just ate? You you've ate a lot, I'm assuming, but then you lost a lot. So is it like... Are we back to neutral?
2: Um, you talking about like calorie wise?
1: I'm just talking about like your stomach and how you feel afterwards. Cause like, you know, you get full and then you, you gotta let it go. You know what I'm saying?
2: Uh, no, I, uh, contrary to JB spreading rumors, I was just doing just like the regular, just regular number one in the bathroom before the show. Okay. Um, yeah, not to get too, too TMI, but,
1: um, I'm I'm big on big on the routines for the bathrooms these days. I guess I'm, that that makes me uh, officially a boomer right now, I guess with my official schedule.
2: Yeah. But, I know like what's what's like the normal amount, but I usually go the exact same time every day, like right when I get back from the gym. It is very nice to
1: have a official schedule. Um so you don't like you know surprises, you know, no no surprises at the gym, no surprises while you're on a date, you know, just just the Good old uh, reliable, old trusty.
2: Yeah. It's a great way to start the podcast. I'm sure JB could talk for uh, 30 minutes about his poop schedule.
1: Yeah. Well, I wasn't going to say it officially, but because we could have, you know, left it ambiguous that people could have been thinking somehow this relates back to SEC football. We're talking about SEC football for somehow. But, JB, do you have anything to add to that?
3: No, I do not.
1: Mm, I bet you do off the air, just not on the air.
3: No. No, I professional to talk about on the air
1: bullshit Bye. you can talk about whatever you want but like jb is saying we are going to talk about sec football almost entirely this, this podcast but we're gonna limit it to, to just the sec west and i don't know if that uh brings is gonna bring a tear to your eye hole because there that means there will be no time for rapid fire at the end
2: yeah i mean i was sort of expecting it but it's all good
1: yeah it is what it is I mean we got we got be um, be professional and preview the entire SEC West game by game uh, is how jB wants to do it so I think that's how we will do it. its isn't gonna be quite a bit of games I don't know if you've calculated Drew, the number of games that is jB
3: well doing the math uh, if we're doing well I don't I don't want to do all this permutation and combination all I know is that we're going to be efficient and we're gonna- <laughs> Order. I'm not doing all this. I'm not in high school anymore.
1: No, uh, JB does not like math anymore. No, it's like all the math you use in high school and in college, well, college, especially like you never use it anymore in real life.
3: Right. I mean, obviously, we're going to pick some of the same games over and over again. Like when, for example, when we pick Alabama and Arkansas, we will have to do it from Alabama side
1: and then from Arkansas side. Right. Uh, we'll- By uh, lucky luckily for you, JB. I think I did do the math, but I'm not sure if it's correct. I think it's 49 games total with the uh, uh, 10-game schedule and then seven of those games or six of those games are against teams that you um, are in the same division for the West. So we'll do 49 games uh, as quickly but as thoroughly as possible. Uh, Before we get into team-by-team schedule, let's talk about high-level SEC West real quick. Um, SEC West is – I guess the past like four or five years, I don't know how long it's gone back. It's been a while before, since the East has been better than the West. Um, are we going to continue to see that trend? I know, JB, you're, you're all about the East hype train and East coming back to take over the crown from being the best division in, in SEC. Do you think the West will still be better this year?
3: Yes. I mean, the West is still the overall top bottom division, and I think it's still going to remain as the better division top division. We're talking about like top heaviness. I think the East will eventually become more top heavy, like it used to be. I mean, I think uh, Florida's on a high, on a grid trajectory. I think Tennessee is on a trajectory as well. I have to respect Kentucky. I mean, Kentucky is going to be a solid team year in year out as long as Mark Stoops is there. And then you know it remains to be seen what Drinkwitz does with Missouri. You can't discredit Missouri either. I mean, the only schools in the, the only school in the East that you can discredit is Vanderbilt. I mean, South Carolina's always got the potential too, but I just don't know how long my will be there.
1: Yeah. I was, I was thinking about this, uh, whenever preparing for the podcast, I was thinking about how, man, like there's, uh, there's Arkansas in the West is like the shitty team right now. Of course, shout out to the Arkansas fans probably our best, uh, most loyal followers at, on SEC slow smoke, but, uh, still a couple of years away maybe. And then on the East, there's always Vanderbilt. So, um, just, I guess that's maybe the two worst teams in the gimme games, but um, it's not easy either way, I don't think, even on the East when you think of the non-power teams. It's still not not easy games. All right, so that's the um, – we still think the West is going to be better than the East this year. I can get on board with that. Holt, who do you think the best team in the West is going to be this year? There was LSU obviously last year that just dominated everyone, but no Joe Burrow, lost a, couple guys, a few guys on defense, still have a strong – Receiver core. uh, What do you think is going to happen with the best team in the West, or who do you think that's going to be?
2: I mean, I think it's going to be Alabama. I mean, there's there's a lot of reasons why. I mean, um, you know, it seems year after Alabama does not win a national championship is usually some of their best teams. Um, And uh, I think the teams that are going to benefit most from the coronavirus and all this stuff are going to be teams that um, you know have an established system, uh, bringing back coordinators bringing back established playmakers. And to me, there's a team in the West like Alabama when it comes to that. Uh, LSU is talent-wise, you know, probably almost as good as Alabama, if not just as good. But so much turnover and uncertainty, no spring practice, uh, two new coordinators. I I mean, I guess Insbinger is back, but they were bringing in Bo Pelini on defense Um, and just replacing so many starters. Um, Obviously, number one overall draft pick, Heisman Trophy winner, quarterback so uh you know i mean just there will be really talented but it's just with everything that's gone down it's just really hard for me to believe that they're going to be at the same level as alabama um this season i i definitely
1: think alabama is the safest pick it's kind of crazy because lsu has always been like a preseason top 10 team even before uh this past year and this last this past year was the First year, where I really thought they like held up to that preseason top five and were able to like compete and beat Alabama and beat everyone in SEC really um, like they should. But we'll, um, we'll see how it plays out. But I think Alabama is definitely the safest pick. I'm going to stay with you, Holt, for a second longer here. I was looking at some of the players that send out in the SEC, uh, specifically the West, and want to ask you specifically who is the best running back in the West or entire, the entire SEC if you really want to.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's the same player. I mean, Najee Harris is really just a complete player. Um, and, uh, I think I I said this last year, but I think even more so this year, uh, I think they're really going to rely on him, Mm -hmm. um, not only as a runner, uh, but also as, um, someone who can catch the ball at the backfield, which is so important in that offense. Um, you know, I think Colin Hill is right there with him, uh, but we haven't seen quite as much in the passing game from him. Um, you know, which I will definitely see this year uh, with Mike Leach's offense. But, um, you know, I think Najee Harris is just shown a little bit more, like, on both sides as far as running and receiving. Um, you know, and I, I just – you know, I mean, he's a little bigger, maybe a little bit faster, um, you know, but, I mean, it's, it's, I think it's neck and neck between those two. Do you think it's possible that uh, Najee Harris might be the better running
1: back, better pro prospect, but Colin Hill might have the better college stats next year?
2: Yeah, I mean, that's definitely um, a that's possibility. Essentially, what happened last year,
1: right? I mean, I don't know if you want to say Najee Harris was the better running back last year, but Colin Hill definitely had
2: better numbers. Yeah, I mean, actually, I think Edwards Hilaire led the SEC in rushing, but he played a couple more games than Colin Hill did. Yeah. Colin Hill led the SEC in rushing for the regular season. Um, but, you know, I mean, it's just, it's you can't go wrong with either one of them. They're both great players. Um, you know, Najee Harris is definitely more of a pro prospect, I think, but Colin Hill, if he has a big year this year, you know, receiving on the backfield and pass blocking, you know, I think that just adds something else to his game that he can put on film and, um, you know, could definitely improve his draft stock a lot. If you, if you remember, um, you know, he did declare for the draft initially last year. Um, I don't know if he just didn't like the reviews he was getting or what, but he decided to uh, come back for another season. Um, so I think that's partially because uh, he wasn't projected as high as he thought he was going to be. Um, so I, he's just definitely someone who's got a lot to prove, and I think this offense can uh, definitely, you know, lend lend to that, uh, you know, I, I guess some ways he can improve. <laughs> your your uh, wordsmith in there is pretty great. Um, yeah. I uh, know, I, I've, I, been watching, I've been watching the RNC all night, so um, all these public speakers have got me really thinking about uh, – maybe taking some classes or something. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, JB, I certainly did not forget about you on some of the questions here. I have I have a twofer question for you. Uh, best defense in the West? And I think I know the answer to this, and I think I know the answer to the second question as well, which is who's the most exciting player in the West?
3: I mean, where do I go here? I mean, there's a lot. But, I mean, best defense this year, I mean – I mean it's, – It's one of two – I'm gonna go with Alabama. <laughs> More coming back. I mean, it seems like the obvious pick, but don't sleep on LSU, though. I mean, Bo Pelini has a really talented unit to work with. But uh, the most exciting player, I mean, that has to be Jamar Chase, doesn't it?
1: Well, I, the, I was I was thinking you would say that, but then the only reason why I think it could be so, I could I could also be Jalen Waddle because I like Jalen Waddle a lot, but Jamar Chase is obviously probably the best receiver. I'll-
3: I'm going with Chase because he's just an all-around complete receiver. I mean, he's going to be a top-ten pick in this in next year's draft. I mean, he's he's the ultimate package, great route runner, can uh, win the one-on-one matchups, you know, down the field. Do you think uh, he was better than the receiver receiver
1: LSU had last year? Like, he's just yeah.
3: younger. Oh, yeah. best receiver on their team last year. I mean, I mean there was a, a, a number of weapons. You know, a couple of them that got drafted. Like, I mean, losing Justin Jefferson hurt, too. But, I mean, it's not just. Chase, I mean, this year they'll have back. I mean, they'll have Marshall back as well, too. But, I mean, Chase was definitely the best receiver on the team last year, and he was the best receiver in the SEC. And, I mean, he didn't win the Blitnikoff Award for nothing.
1: And we have a couple of interesting storylines for the West, uh, most center around the coaching changes in the offseason. Holt, what storyline regarding coaches in the West is most entertaining to you? I think – for me, it would be the um, Ole Miss and Mississippi State coaching hires and just how it's going to make the egg wall more entertaining.
2: Yeah, I mean, it definitely is. And not just, you know, from an on the field perspective because they're both good coaches, but also just in press conferences and, um, you know, going on Fine Bomb and stuff like that, you know, they're always going to say uh, something funny. Um, you know, they're, so far it's been pretty cordial between the two. They both seem pretty focused on their own team, not so much on the rivalry. But uh, it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, when that week comes around, um, you know, so, sort of like how it is and if there's any jabs, you know, uh, back and forth or anything like that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you could definitely say it's probably the most exciting. I mean, there's a lot of new hires in the SEC this year. Um, Lane Kevin and Mike Leach are the two most notable. But, I mean, obviously Sam Pittman and Eli Drinkwitz as well, um, you know, have a, have a – an opportunity to be really good hires, but we just don't know much about them. JB, how quickly do you think the
1: yes, sir, will get annoying when seven-pit men in Arkansas lose, like, to everyone?
3: I mean, you saw how patient Arkansas fans were with Chad Morris. I mean, even going into, like, halfway through year two with Chad Morris, I mean, they were still, like, on the Chad Morris train. I mean, a lot of Arkansas fans, I mean, give them credit. They're loyal, and they were giving them Chad Morris. Can I mean it's not going to be a bed of roses for Sam Pittman in his first year. I can guarantee you that he's he's got a huge rebuilding job ahead of him. But I can I can tell you this that I feel really good about his chances to rebuild the program. He doesn't have head coaching experience, but he's one of the most respected coaches in all of college football, and he's assembled a really good staff and a really good offensive coordinator to take the reins. And I think he's going to be a really
1: good CEO type head coach. I mean, I really do believe it. Well, I hope you're right because Arkansas fans they they deserve they deserve a winning winning football team uh, after these last few years. Um, I'm not as high on Sam Pittman as you are, but I guess if he is the CEO head coach, then I could see it uh, being more successful than him trying to just be like a Nick Saban micromanagement type, type and coach. But we'll we'll see how that plays out. Getting into the schedule. So, we have 10 games, all SEC games, so uh, no gimmies, except for if you're playing Arkansas. I guess maybe a gimme, we'll see. Uh, Holt, do, would you rather start off with the over-under, or do you want to just go game by game and see what we reach and see how that compares to what Vegas is saying?
2: Um, well, I mean, maybe a little bit of both. How about we do, like, you just run through them real quick, and then we just give a quick over-under, and then we'll actually go through the games and take a look and then see where we uh, where we ended up. Okay. And this is going to go in order of
1: uh, most wins to least wins. So, Alabama is starting out. This is according to Saturdays down south, which I think is from USA Today. Odds picker, who I forgot where they're sourcing it, uh, Danny Sheridan. Sheridan. Sheridan, excuse me. Thank you, JB. Alabama is at eight and a half. Remember, there's ten, ga- ten games, so eight and a half is not like a – Shitty year for Nick Saban. It's still a pretty good year. It's not their typical, you know, undefeated, but eight and a half is what it's at. JB and Holt. I guess if you could just run through it without me saying your name, that would be quicker
2: and better.
3: I'm going with the over. Okay.
2: Yeah. Over as well. I mean, I just I guess I just think that uh I like I think they'll lose one, but I don't think they'll lose twice. Yes, that's tough to pick picture Alabama losing twice. LSU seven and a half. Over. I'll take the under on that one. Okay. A and M seven. I'm going over. Yeah, I'll take the over as well. Auburn six and a half.
1: I'll under. take her.
2: Yeah, I'll take the under also. Dang, y'all, y'all hate Auburn. I, I,
1: we can talk about this. I, I, think I understand why you're picking the under, but um,
2: it could be like one of those crazy years with Auburn.
1: You never know with Auburn. Uh, kind of like a lot, uh, box of chocolates. Smith- Mississippi State Holt is at four and a half. I'll take the under on that. Oof, that's tough, JB. I'm going under. Dang. Ole Miss four? Under. under. Yeah. <laughs> All right. This is, the, this is the most exciting one.
2: Arkansas- I think – what was the last one? Arkansas? Yeah, two. Under. Yeah. I, if it was two and a half, I, I might – or if it was one and a half, I would take the over. But. Yeah. I see, yeah, I'm surprised it's that, too. I mean, it's, it's just
1: tough. I, it's it's going to be a tough year for them. All right. Let's go through the schedule, and we're going to go through the um, – Go th- go through, I guess do you want to go through week by week or do you want to go by team? I guess let's uh, go.
3: Anyway. By, let's just go by team. Uh, we'll go. We can
1: start alphabetical order if you want to, maybe Alabama
3: first, if you want to do it that way.
1: Um, yeah, I can't promise you it'll be in alphabetical order, but I will do uh, by team.
3: Okay, so
1: starting with Alabama, we have I'm pulling up the schedule here, my handy dandy high speed Wi Fi right now. We have first weekend. <laughs> September twenty sixth at well, I guess it is at Missouri. I keep thinking of an NBA bubble where it's not truly um a road game, but this is truly at Missouri. And what's the um says, what's the update on fans and stands? Is most around most teams around the SEC is like 25% and twenty five percent, twenty, twenty five percent? I've not seen what Missouri has released, but as far as most of the schools I've seen in SEC it's around the twenty, twenty five percent mark. Are we going to say this has an effect on away games or like home no. games? 20% fans in stadiums, it's, it's not going to be any home field
3: advantage for either team. I mean, and I'll, I'll get into that a little bit later, how I think this is going to help some of these on-field coaches that like to uh, bark out signals to their players, especially some of the defensive-minded head coaches. I
1: still think there's a, there's a slight advantage. I don't think it's – it's obviously not the same as 100,000 fans. The after- only advantage
3: is that the home team doesn't have to travel. I mean, that's – that's the only advantage to me. Yeah. Other than
1: like, I, it, it feels like a neutral game. Mm, I don't know. I disagree. I still think there's there's like mentally there's something about and psychologically something about playing in your home home field with your fans, even at twenty twenty five percent. We'll see. We'll see how it plays out. All right. Uh, first week, Missouri. I guess this is an easy win for what we're saying. Win
3: for
2: Alabama. Yep. Definitely. A win. Missouri is really getting sent to the slaughter this year. I feel bad for Eli Drinkwitz, but the good thing is if he just kind of is competitive in a couple games, it'll be kind of considered a win, I guess. Yeah, and you want to have your
1: uh, your worst year at the first year, so like you can only go up from there for Missouri. Next week, uh, Alabama is at home against A&M.
2: Going with the W for Alabama here. Yeah, this is a really, really good game. Um, But I would go with the win with Alabama as well. And Yeah, we'll get into a in a little bit. But,
1: like, I think we're all on board. Like, we want A&M to, like, kind of take over a little bit more in the West and be more dominant than they have been. Uh, but we'll see how that plays out. So, 2-0, Alabama goes to Ole Miss. Got another win for Alabama here, 3-0. Yeah, yeah that's an easy one. Uh, all right, so 3-0 going, staying in to uh, so playing Georgia. This is a tough one now.
3: Yeah, this is a really tough one for me. Uh, Georgia, I think, is going to really surprise some people on offense this year. I mean, Todd Monken is really good. My biggest fear with Georgia is replacing a lot of guys on that offensive line. Uh, they lost pretty much everyone from last year's offensive line, and they lost Sam Pittman. I think they're going to get better as the season progresses. But they're not going to be good enough to uh, beat Alabama and Tuscaloosa, even if it isn't like a neutral tight game, in my opinion. I'm going to go with the Crimson Tide here. Nick Saban, I think, has Kirby Smart's numbers still.
2: Hope you got anything yeah. to say about that? Uh, this game could kind of go either way. Um, you know, especially being as this will be both teams' fourth conference game in a row, um, you know, it's definitely going to be starting to wear on you a little bit. Um, but I think both teams are going to be ready. Game, and I think if both teams are through, Alabama's going to win. Yeah, I think Georgia could take a step back this year. They don't, they don't have a lot of
1: continuity, I don't think. So it's uh, it's going to be a tough year. For, not a tough year for them, but just I don't see them just walking through the schedule like they have been in the past couple of years. Uh, all right, so we're saying 4-0, going to Tennessee. Yeah, this one
3: I think Alabama's going to win. But I think it's going to be by single digits. I think that this being the fifth game of the SEC schedule, fifth game in a row, they're coming off a tough Georgia team from the previous week, playing a hungry Tennessee team that you know, played really competitive in Tuscaloosa last year against Alabama. I think this game is going to be a little bit closer than most would say. Alabama's going to control the game, but it's not going to be a blowout. I think it's going to be about a 10-point win for the Crimson Tide.
2: Yeah, I think this is going to be a little – Maybe a little bit of a test here, but uh, I still think a relatively easy win for Alabama. I think the my biggest question going into this game is um, how they respond the week after playing Georgia. Uh, but Nick Saban still has not lost to Tennessee since he took over at Alabama. And, um, you know, I just think that Alabama has way more firepower on offense. And I, I like Jerry Pruitt and what his defense might look like this season, but I just don't think their offense is going to be able to keep up. Yeah, so that's 5-0. and oh. Alabama playing Mississippi State at home? Yeah, I mean, I'll go with Alabama in this one as well. Um, You know, I mean, Mike Leach, year one, KJ Costello, quarterback. Um, You know, I'm just not quite sure that they have the pieces they need on offense to really threaten Alabama. Um, You know, best case scenario is that Alabama just doesn't show up and Mississippi State plays their best game. But um, I just, you can't really count on that. So uh, I think I got to go with Alabama in this one. All right, so I'm just going to assume you're saying win there for Alabama, J.B., and
1: yeah. save some time. Uh, next week at LSU, this one is – I know, J.B., you don't think the fans matter um, as much this year because it's 25%, but I think it's going to matter a little bit. But I think Alabama's going to be hungry from last year, so I think this is going to be like a big like revenge game for Alabama, and they're going to have this one circled. What do you think, J.B.?
3: Yeah, maybe uh, LSU uh, should pass out megaphones to the
1: 25% crowd they have there
3: so then, when they're yelling, it'll sound like there's a hundred thousand people there. I mean, but, yeah, there to be a lot. I will say this one statistic from Saban's uh, tenure at Alabama: except for one season, Saban has always lost at least one game a year. This is going to be his one loss of the year. I'm going with LSU to get two in a row over Alabama. I think LSU has gained a new edge, not just in this game, but I mean, just all around together. They're playing with confidence now. I really think that. LSU is going to be really solid this year all around on offense again. I mean, they're not going to be the juggernaut they were last year, but I think the defense is going to be improved from last year. The offense won't take as much of a step back as everyone's expecting. LSU is still going to be a really good team. The foundation is
1: laid. I like LSU to take two in a row against Alabama. You know, um, you talked about the offense being good, and um, <laughs> I had to, like, refresh my memory who the offensive coordinator was this year because I thought Joe Brady was last year, but I forgot he wasn't. It's just everybody – gives him credit for being
3: the everyone joe, let's not get it wrong i mean joe brady definitely helped lsu last year by bringing in a lot of the rpo concepts but steve ensminger was still the ultimate game planner and he was a play caller for every single game i mean and and all those concepts that joe brady brought are still going to be there and miles brennan their quarterback is still going to be you know he's still familiar with all those concepts he has been sitting behind Burrow for the last two years. He was slated to possibly be the starter going into his redshirt freshman season before Joe Burrow transferred there. He's been patiently waiting behind for a few years. He's now a fourth-year junior. He's about to finally have that patience pay off for him, and he's going to be a quarterback to be reckoned with in the SEC this season. I think he's poised for a breakthrough.
2: Oh, well, do you have anything to add to that? Um, well, I mean, I'm going with Alabama in this game. I just think the revenge is too much. Um, for LSU to overcome. And, you know, as I said earlier, not having spring practice, um, you know, in this whole season, kind of just being the way it is, um, I just think it's really tough on LSU losing everything they lost, having to completely kind of start over. Um, You know, Miles Brennan, I I think, is a good player. I don't know if he's going to be a great player. Um, You know, we saw Joe Burrow's first year at LSU as a starter was not even – was not that great um you know i really look for the running backs to carry some more of the load this year they've got a couple really talented ones that they always do um so i do look for them to maybe uh, rely on the running game a little bit more this year and obviously jamar chase uh probably the best receiver in the country um outside but i just think alabama's got too much coming back they got you know revenge on their side they got continuity on their side and these you know uncertain times and um you know lsu hit lightning in a bottle last year they really did and uh even though they controlled that game a lot last year, they, you know, it still was a close game at the end. So, um, you know, even all the things that broke their way was still a close game against Alabama last year. So I, I just, I don't know. I I mean, I hope I'm wrong, but I, I sort of feel like Alabama is just going to get right back to the top of the division again this year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm looking at the schedule. I don't know. I don't know where they're, where they're going to lose now that
1: we're going through it one by one. Uh, next game is Alabama at home against Kentucky, both of y'all said that Alabama usually uses one or loses one a year that they're not supposed to or, like, you just don't know which one it's going to be. I know Kentucky's supposed to be a little better next year. I know this is a game at home. This could be a sleeper game uh, because it's sandwiched in between LSU and Auburn. So is there any chance, Holt, that we can give Kentucky more respect here and have them upsetting Alabama and Tuscaloosa?
2: I mean, it's definitely, you know, a, a game that Alabama might be overlooking. Um, you know I just I'm just not sure that Kentucky has the players. Mark Stoops does a great job of developing players, but you know he has not shown that he can win those uh games against elite talent. I mean, he still hasn't beaten Georgia um you know in that in the other side of the division, and he's only beaten Florida the one time when Florida was really down that year um uh, or at least the beginning of that year. um so I just i I need to see it before I'm willing to pick it. Um, he's starting to remind me of Dan Mullen a little bit, where he's just winning all the games he's supposed to win and floor of the program. But you know, we don't know if he can hit that ceiling or not. Jebby, you got anything to add?
3: Uh, not much of anything. I mean, I, I will say this. I mean, the Kentucky football program, people have to respect it. I mean, I know you don't. People are just can't accept the fact that Kentucky football is good now. I mean, they're not elite, but they're a really good SEC program. I mean, they're, gonna, they're going to bowls every year. I mean, this program has arrived. But they still don't have the talent level of Alabama either. And Nick Saban does not allow his teams to overlook anybody. I still like Alabama to win this one uh, fairly – I'm not going to say easily, but, I mean, they're going to control it. But I'm not going to ever disrespect Kentucky. Not not anymore.
1: I will feel bad for Kentucky if Alabama does lose to LSU the week before because you know they're going to be coming hard against Kentucky if they um, lose the previous week. Right. We'll see, though. Next game up. Auburn, this is the Iron Bowl, and it's in Tuscaloosa still for Thanksgiving. So glad to keep that uh, normal like last year and the previous year. So what is going to happen in this game, JP? Uh Well, last year, Auburn pulled every single trick out
3: of their hats and had every break go their way at home to win that game. This year, their luck's going to run out. I like Alabama to win this one. I think they're
2: going to win this one fairly easily. I'm not I'm not going to say it's a
3: blowout, but Alabama's going to win.
2: Oh, yeah, I got to go with the Alabama. Also, um, I I know I picked Alabama to go undefeated, but I feel like they will lose the game somewhere, somewhere along the line, whether it's to Georgia, LSU, Auburn, or you know maybe even Kentucky. Um, but that being said, you know there's been a lot of speculation about, or I mean maybe just rumblings about uh, Malzon having uh, Nick Saban's number. I believe the record now for them two is like, uh, four. Like, is it five and he's four and five against Alabama or something like that? Miles on won <clears> the game <throat> in twenty
3: thirteen. He won the game in uh, twenty seventeen. Then he won the game twenty nineteen. He's only won three times in his so senior. Three
2: and four. Yeah, if the math is correct. Yeah, something like that. So yeah, I mean he. So he sort of has you know Nick Nick Saban's number. At least that's what people are saying. I mean he definitely has Nick Saban's number better than any other coach. Yeah. I that's, mean, put like, it. I mean, he, you know, no, no other coach in the country I, I think has beaten Nick Saban more than twice that I can think of. I mean, if you, unless you're counting like his days at Michigan state or something like that, which I, I don't even know, Yeah, but I, I don't think there's very many coaches in the country who've beaten Nick Saban more than one or two times. So it's, mean, not, it's not happening here. Is that what you're saying? I, you freeze. Um, but no, I mean, basically what I'm saying is that I think, uh, Nick Saban doesn't appreciate that, and uh, he knows what a big game the Iron Bowl is, and uh, he's gonna, you know, he's gonna win it this year, basically. Okay.
1: La- last game of the year. This is this poor, poor Arkansas, but they're playing Arkansas in Fayetteville. Um, Bust their hearts. I feel bad for them for finish their season against Alabama, but it's it's not gonna be pretty. That's all I can say.
3: No, it's not going to be pretty, and the weather's not going to be pretty either. Better have your heavy coats ready for this one, early December in Fayetteville. But uh, this game is, I mean, I, I mean, poor Arkansas. I mean, they're just just—they're just not there yet. It's going to take about three or four years. Uh, Alabama is going to really win this one big. I mean, at this point, too, uh, like, I, like I believe they're going to be, they're going to have one loss. They're going to be looking to really blow out Arkansas because – if everything holds true, this could be their last game of the season before a potential playoff. Well, they yeah. need to need to win big. It's going to be like the Buddy Stevens special to be community college. They're going to try to
1: score as much as they can and make themselves look good. Still playing the SEC championship, though, right? I didn't say for sure if they're going to make it. Oh, uh, because well, you – yeah, because LSU can make it. So what you're saying. I got you. Got gotcha, you. Got gotcha. you. All right, so we have Alabama um, – well, J.B., you have them going 9 and one Hold you have them individually going ten and zero, but you're saying nine and one. Um, I'm saying ten and zero. Look at the schedule. I just don't. I don't know.
2: Uh, ten conference games. I mean, that's really tough. Like, ten conference games in a row. Like, there's no. You know, there's no citadel. You know, week twelve. There's no. You know, UAB week two. I mean, it's ten straight conference games, one ball week. Um, you know, they did get the the lucky draw uh, from the conference that gets them the. I think the. I think LSU has the easiest schedule. They maybe have the second easiest. I mean, you can
1: say that, but they, they do have Georgia on the schedule.
2: Yeah, but, I mean, there's only three teams in the conference you are not playing. Yeah. And they avoided Florida, who's maybe arguably the best team in the other division. They avoided Vanderbilt, though. Yeah. And then uh, South Carolina, I believe, too. So. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, nobody's schedule is going to be easy, but obviously if you're one of the top teams and you're not mm-hmm. having to play one of the top teams on the other side – then by default that means you're, you know, going to be having an easier schedule uh, because obviously, you know, like Arkansas is going to have to play Alabama and LSU and Georgia and Florida. And so is Missouri. But, um, you know, obviously Alabama doesn't have Alabama on their schedule. They replaced that with Arkansas, you know, in relation to Arkansas schedule. So, Mm you know.
1: So moving on to the next team. So we have the, um, we all, I think all three of us would have the over eight, eight and a half for Alabama to, for at least nine wins, if not ten. So, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But well, We are betting for the over there, so you can win some money with us for free. That's what, That one's on the house. Um, in fact, I probably all of these tonight are going to be on the house, but later in the season, we might start charging a good good little fee for this. We'll see. All right. So, Arkansas. Um, I know we want to go through every game one by one, but this is going to be pretty depressing if we do this for Arkansas. So, yeah. I'm not – have- this, uh, oh, well, go, go ahead, Jamie. What you got for me?
3: Well, I've got Arkansas going one and nine. So, what I could do is I could give you the one game that I think Arkansas
2: will do, win. This do they year. play Vanderbilt? No, they don't play. Vanderbilt. They do not. No. Um. Hold on,
0: hold
1: on, Jamie. I'll set you up in a second for that. Um, but yeah, so the uh, I think the over under was two games for Arkansas, and they're again they're playing all SEC teams, not and they're not playing Vanderbilt, so it's a tough schedule. So. Probably, yeah, I don't think it's great to go one by one for each game Arkansas is playing here and saying they're going to lose all these games in a row like this. So um, I guess we'll say kind of what JB saying is um, out of all the teams they play, which game do you think they're going to win? And I guess I can run through the schedule real quick so you can hear it out loud too, Holt. As I don't know if you're looking in front, looking at it as well, but I'll just go in order real quick. We have uh, Georgia at home at State at Auburn, Ole Miss home at a Tennessee at home at Florida, <laughs> LSU at home at Missouri and Alabama at home. It's it's not an easy schedule by any means. <laughs> I mean they got the they got the toughest schedule in all of college football this
3: year.
2: I would just say like off of that like the the games that I see as like winnable games, games that they could potentially win. Obviously, um, Missouri, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, and maybe Tennessee um, are the games that kind of stick out there that they could possibly win. Um, I will just you know before we totally dive into this. Like, just say, like, a few positive things. (laughs) If you want to say, like, one good thing about Chad Morris, he was a good recruiter. So there's actually a lot of really young talent on this team. And obviously with Kendall Bryles being a, you know, someone who has been known to come in and turn things around real quick, um, he's definitely got some weapons um, on offense. You know, I mean, Rakeem Boyd is, you know, one of the top running backs in the SEC coming back this year. Um, you know, I don't know if he's quite up there with Colin Hill and Najee Harris, but he's still really talented. Um, and then they got some really talented young receivers, too. I mean, um, I'm trying to remember. It's it's Knox and Burke, I believe. Are their Trey names. Knox, yeah. And uh, those are two really talented young receivers. Um, I believe it's Knox that's been uh, banged up in, uh, in practice. But, uh, you know, they've got some really talented young guys. Uh, another guy named Jaqualin Crawford was really highly recruited. Um, and then they got some freshmen coming in this year. It's a couple of other four-star kids, uh, Shamar Nash and Darren Turner. So that's like five four-star receivers that they have, they're freshmen and sophomores. Obviously, those are younger guys. But, you know, you know, with Kendall Brows and his ability um, to, you know, spread things out um, and make things kind of easy, um, you know, I, they definitely have some talent. And, I mean, I'm more worried about their defense and their offense and then Sam Pittman being an offensive line guy. Um, you know, I mean, you could draw up a, a scenario where they're pretty decent on offense this year. Um, you know, I'm just more worried about the defense. Um, and honestly, they have a long way to go because they were – they were so bad. I mean, you can't really even, like – I mean, I don't want to be a dead horse here, but, I mean, they barely beat – who was it? San Jose State, and then they lose to Western Kentucky and another out-of-conference game. I mean, it was, it was very – uh very tough times these last two years under Chad Morris, so they really have a long way to go.
3: Yeah, and I'll I'll add on to that. Uh, with the original schedule
2: that Arkansas had, the tw- original 12-game schedule,
3: I had them winning three games this year, which is an improvement over uh, Chad Morris, which is more wins than he won in any season that he was there. And at the same time, I mean, if you win at least one game this year with the toughest schedule known to SEC football mankind, I mean, especially with the state the, uh, that the program that Arkansas is in currently – I mean, that is a win, in my opinion. So, I mean, I think if you can just get one win, especially like with Holt said, there's probably about three games on the schedule that I could see as winnable. And if you win at least one of them or even two of them, then that's, that's a great step in the right direction for Sam Pittman. just like I reiterated earlier in the podcast, I do think he is the right hire and the right man for the job at Arkansas. And it's going to take about, you know, three or four years before you really start seeing the results. But I think he is definitely in the mold of a CEO-type head coach, and that's the kind of head coaches that have recently we've noticed that have had success. And I think Sam Pittman, you know, is one of those guys that, uh, you know, he's a really great recruiter. Uh, He's well-respected amongst the ranks of all the coaches around college football, and he's going to win.
1: So with that being said, who's the one team that you think
3: they can beat? Well, I think Arkansas is going to be a team that's going to get better as the season progresses. I mean, Kendall Bryles, every time he go anywhere he goes, they get instant results. But I still think that uh, it's going to take you know throughout the season. I went uh, getting is against their biggest rival, Missouri, in Columbia. So that, and I think that's going to be a uh, first signature win, if you if you want to say it,
1: for uh, Sam Pittman, Missouri, and I I would definitely like that. That would uh, add some. Some more spice to the rivalry, hold the most uh, intense rivalry in college football.
2: Yeah, definitely would, especially with uh, Barry Odom running the defense now for the Hogs. Um, got even more bad blood. We had the receiver last year who traded sides. Now we got a head coach trading sides. So, um, yeah, yeah, should be a you know should be a very intense game this year. And I definitely agree with JB. I think that's probably their most winnable game. Um, you know they they definitely could beat Ole Miss. That's always a crazy game every single year. Um, you know Ole Miss's defense. I mean Ole Miss is going to be in a similar situation as Arkansas. I mean uh, they got some really talented players on offense, but we just have no clue what the defense is going to look like, and it could be a complete disaster. So um, whichever one of those teams is able to figure out the defensive side of the ball is going to have an advantage in that game. Um, you know Mississippi State obviously week two could be you know a, a game that that they could potentially win. Um, And then obviously Tennessee at home, um, you know, we still just don't know what they're going to look like on offense. And if they're still struggling to move the ball like they were last year, then, you know, maybe they hit a few big plays and keep it close. Um, So, I mean, those are the, the, obviously the four games you're looking at, but, um, you know, I think they'd be happy with uh, with two, two wins if they could get that this year.
1: Do we think Felipe Franks is a good addition or a bad addition? I know how much we chat on him last year at florida but it's I means arkansas the, now so it's different
2: the thing with franks is he's better than anybody they had last year yeah uh, i mean obviously the uh, freshman year jefferson uh played okay at, in spurts but when uh you know they had to rely on him too much he you know definitely struggled but he was a true freshman who Frank, was the
1: um who was the quarterback that like beat him that like the arkansas uh is like western kentucky quarterback now i think or
2: yeah, Ty Story or something like that.
1: Yeah, yeah. He like sucked to Arkansas, but he did really well against Arkansas. It's kind of yeah. ironic and funny.
2: Yeah, but uh, Franks, I mean, he, he throws a good deep ball. Um, you know, what I mean, that's what I've always felt about him. He's definitely big and talented, got a big arm, uh, but decision making has always been the problem. So, you know, maybe things will be a little bit simpler in, in uh, Kendall Browse's offense and, uh, you know, he'll be able to make some better decisions. But, um, you know, he could definitely get hot and uh, win them a game. But, uh, you know, he could also blow a game with a bad interception. So the consensus for Arkansas was one win? Yeah, I think I'm sitting at one win. Yeah, I think I'm I'm comfortable
1: with that. It's, it's going to be tough to see them go <laughs> 0-10 if they do that. I really hope they don't for their sake.
2: Yeah, well, it's been a while since they won a conference game. So yeah. Yeah, they have I mean, this year.
1: Yeah. All right, so that's Arkansas moving on to Auburn. Saying in alphabetical order, so to make JB happy. So um, Auburn, we're gonna try to speed the rest up just a little bit, in the sake of time. For the sake of time, uh, let's talk high level for our Auburn right now. We um, have quarterback returning. Nick's. I feel like that's the right answer, Holt. <laughs> I feel dumb for not knowing right now, but uh, we have him returning. A lot of people on defense left for the NFL or for wherever. But so they have a lot of turnover defense. So the defense isn't supposed to be as good. That's all I know about Auburn, but you're the expert. So you tell me what, what I need to know about Auburn for this year. Start with you, JB.
3: Well, I can tell you this. They're replacing pretty much everybody in the offensive line and the defensive line. And we all know that's where you win games in the SEC. Uh, they do have Bo Nix back. Uh, they have a lot of a re- uh, replenishing talent on defense. Even though they're replacing a lot of guys on defense, they are replenishing. It's – Almost like reload, in my opinion, but I do think Auburn does take a step back this year.
1: Oh, we—I um, did watch. I don't know if you are watching the SEC Network as much. I know you're watching it for the old games, but they're—they are doing like the in studio shows. I saw Gene Chizik on today. Um, he was interviewing Drinkwitz, but they're also talking about Auburn and saying how uh, Chad Morris is actually going to be the true offensive coordinator. It's not going to be a situation where they have an offensive coordinator and Gus is still going to be
2: calling the play. So how do you think that's going to play out? Well, I think Arkansas fans are hoping that he's going to be calling the plays against them. (laughs) Yeah. But, but no, I I mean, obviously Gus Malzahn and Chad Morris have a really tight relationship, and they're on the same page about things. And I think that's why Malzahn decided to hand the reins over. And, you know, we've seen Chad Morris do good things as an offense coordinator at Clemson. Um, You know, so it's definitely – You know, an interesting move. I I feel like Auburn's always better when Gus is calling the plays. But uh, sometimes I just wonder if he just likes to mix things up just to keep uh, defensive coordinators off balance. But, uh, you know, I mean, I'm not really sure how I feel about it, honestly. Like, I I feel like they're better when he calls the plays. But I I guess I sort of understand where he's come from as well. All right, getting to the schedule, uh, over-unders at
1: six and a half. I think you all both said under for that. So we'll see how that plays out game by game. Uh, start, and I'm probably going to get y'all to alternate picking games unless you really have something to say about a specific game. Starting off for the first week with Kentucky, um, I think both of you are saying this is a easy win. Not easy win, but just a win. Do you all have anything to add to that? Uh, this is a
3: one of those games watch out for. I mean, dark horse game. I mean, I, I'm picking Auburn, but I will not be surprised And if Kentucky wins. And I'll be really mad if I didn't go with the
1: upset and it happens. I, I feel like we are uh, respecting Kentucky a little bit more this year. So I, I feel better about that.
2: Yeah, and I mean that's the thing for uh, Mark Suits is he's always been really well at uh, developing players along the lines of scrimmage, and you know as JB alluded to a minute ago, they lost Auburn lost so much on both sides of the line um, that that could really be a weakness. But I just think that Auburn has too much skill talent and too much speed on offense. Um, they'll eventually find a way to win, but it's definitely going to be a close game and nail biter um, for sure. I, I think Auburn fans are not going to be uh, comfortable. Uh, during this game. same with you, hold here week two at Georgia. (laughs) What can you add to that game? I think I know where
1: you're going with that, but just give me some analysis.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, obviously both teams are replacing a lot on the offensive line. Uh, They got some talented guys, but I think Georgia is a little bit more talented on the offensive line. Um, So just based on like pure uh, star rankings, Georgia's offensive line should be better. Uh, And uh, you know, Todd Munkin, I'm a really big fan of that hire. Uh, I think he's going to do a really good job. I didn't think the problem last year was talent. I didn't think the problem was Jake Fromm. I thought the problem was the offensive coordinator and the play calling. Um, so they got that result. Tom Munkin did a great job at Southern Miss when he was the head coach there, turning that offense around. So uh, I'm I'm going to go with Georgia, um, but it could definitely has the potential to be an ugly game as uh, both teams are replacing so much on the offensive lines. This is a toss-up game. I will throw it to you, JB.
1: Uh, I'm not going to add any more than what Holt added. I got Jordan <coughs> this one. Okay, cool. So that is one and one for Auburn. Next three games, Arkansas at South Carolina at Ole Miss. I feel like we're all going to say wins on that, although uh, I guess some of those could be a little tricky with at South Carolina, maybe. Anything to add to that other than uh, we think they're going to win those games? Uh, the one that I would watch the most would be the one
3: against Ole Miss, just because of Ole Miss' offense, and I think – their ability, I think, to uh, score some points on Auburn on a you know, replenished defense. I think Ole Miss can keep this one close, but I, I like Auburn, too. I still win this one. Yeah, that was a really
2: close game last year, too. It came down to the last drive. But, um, yeah, I, I look at the South Carolina game as well. I mean, you know, Will Muschamp in a game like this, I mean, this just – He wins ugly. Every, every, every game with Will Muschamp, unless they're playing like Alabama, like I just – you know, I'm just like you. Just it, it's going to be an ugly game, and they're going to find a way to be in it. Um, but uh, you know, it, it's just hard to pick. Well, my at the same time, because he always loses. Yeah, like he found a way to beat Georgia
1: last year in a very ugly game. So that is uh, so potential upset alert at South Carolina and at Ole Miss. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. But both of you are saying when they when for Auburn there. So that's four and one for Auburn. Uh, playing LSU at home, give that one to you, JB.
3: I'm going with the uh, Tigers in this one, the Bayou Bengals. That is, uh, I like LSU more. I think they're better uh, top to bottom than Auburn this year. And with you know, with, with this, even though it is on the plains, it's not like a true home game opinion. And I think with not having crowd noise, I mean, it's only gonna it's only gonna help LSU even more. I mean, I, I think LSU is just the better team. I mean, a lot of people are really discrediting LSU this year one-year fluke i'm not on that train i i think that uh, they're going to be a top five top 10 team uh from here on out and i like lsu anything
2: to add to that Holt? um no i'm going with lsu as well i mean i just think that they're i just think they're going to be a better team and i have more questions about auburn than i do lsu of course four and two auburn goes to start go to play at mississippi
1: state uh Holt, what what do you have here and will you be at this game if you are allowed to be
2: uh, if I'm allowed to be, then, yeah, I will be. Um, whether I am or not is the question. But, um, yeah, I, you know, I mean, we'll we'll get into more about Mississippi State. Um, I don't think they're going to be quite ready to beat Auburn, but if Mississippi State is going to pull an upset this year, I do think this is the game. Um, you know, Mike Leach is pretty, pretty successful everywhere he's been, um, and, you know, he's never had this much talent. Uh, this is uh offense that was made to run a completely different system and he doesn't quite have his guys in yet. Um, but I think that he's coached long enough to where figure a few things out and uh, can make things uncomfortable. Um, definitely a, you know, a trap game for Auburn, if you want to call it that. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm going to pick Auburn to win here. All right, and I, I'm assuming, JB, you're going to say the same, so
1: I'm going to just keep that at uh win for Auburn. So that makes them five and two. Uh, playing Tennessee at home, JB, who do you got?
3: Yeah, to me, this is a, a trap game for Auburn. Um, I, I'm going to go with Auburn in this one, but we know what happened, of course, two years ago. It was a game that we attended with Tennessee upset Auburn at the Plains. Uh, this Tennessee team is a lot better than that team that, was, that played them two years ago. Uh, Auburn, I mean, you could make an argument they're going to be as good, maybe a little bit better than that team two years ago. But uh, the one advantage that I want to talk about is, uh, you know, Pruitt has had a lot of success in the past with Malzon's offense. And without crowd noise, he's going to be able to bark signals out to the players before snaps. And that's going to be the fun part to me is, uh, you know, Malzon's going to do the same. It's going to be a chess match in this game between Pruitt and Malzon, you know, barking signals and before each play when those two units are on the field. But I'm going with uh, Auburn in this one. But I think it's going to be a really close game. It's a trap game because it's right before they play Alabama the following week.
2: How are you picking Tennessee? No, I mean, I'm going to go with Auburn here, um, but, I mean, really, this is a true toss-up for me. This game could really go either way. Um, You know, I mean, I have questions about Tennessee at quarterback, and I have questions about Auburn on the offensive line. So, if one of those issues is resolved, then that will make it a lot easier. Um, I do think Tennessee is going to be pretty stout on defense this year. um, So, that's definitely something to watch out for. uh, But, obviously, um, you know, Auburn has the home field advantage, which, I mean, I don't know how much of an advantage it is this year, but – you know, they are at home. So I'm, I'm going to go with Auburn, but, I mean, this is really just a toss-up for me. Six
1: and two, Auburn uh, plays Alabama at <coughs> Tuscaloosa. and We already talked about this one, so I'm going to skip over it. We said that Alabama's going to win that game, so that's uh, six and three. Auburn now finishes the season at home against A&M. This is probably a true toss-up, so I'll let both of you all talk about this one, starting with you, JB.
3: Yeah, this is a true toss-up to me. But I'm going with Am in this one. I really do like this A;M roster. I mean they got 17 returning starters. Uh, this whole team, this whole AM season is going to hinge on you know how far Kellen Mond can take them. I mean they've got the pieces in place to have a breakthrough season. If Mond is just above average, I think AM is a seven and three floor team, but an eight and two team, I believe. And I think if he's, I think he is going to be a solid quarterback this year in his senior year. I'm going with A&M
2: here. Holt? Oh. Yeah, I'm going with a as well. I don't really consider this going to be a toss-up. I think A&M is a better team this year. And, uh, you know, I I would like to see more improvement from Kellen Mines. But even if he's the same guy as last year, um, you know, I just think with all that they have coming back, I think their defense with Mike Elko is going to be really stout this year. I mean, you know, Kevin Sumlin recruited really well and Jimbo Fisher they got some absolute dudes on defense, and as JB mentioned, 17 returning starters. Um, I just really like where this team is this year, and I think they're in a good spot to to make a move.
1: That is six and four Auburn achieving the under uh six and a half wins. Yeah. So it's a
3: step back. Auburn's still gonna be good, but this is more of a uh rebuild year. I think yeah. by the following year after this year, they'll be they'll return to form. But yeah.
2: Well, they got some Auburn has some really talented young running backs. So it'll be exciting to see if they can get any of them going, what they look like. And if you're high on Auburn this year, then to me that means you're really high on Bo Nix. If Auburn's going to have a big year this year, then that means Bo Nix really took a big step forward and is, you know, one of the best players in the country. And if he's able to do that, then, you know, that changes everything. But I just didn't see enough out of him last year for me to expect him to take that jump. But we definitely know talent-wise that he is capable of becoming a great quarterback, uh, but we just need to see it. It's definitely exciting to watch moving on the
1: SC West teams going in alphabetical order. Of course, we have LSU. Um, Sounds like both. I know JB's really high on LSU. It sounds like Holt, you're probably pretty high on LSU as well. Um, The thing I'm most excited about LSU besides watching Jamar chase, of course, is there's a couple things, I guess, watching miles burn to see you really get to figure out how good he is this year. And also, uh, Excited for Bo Pelini coming back to LSU um, as defensive coordinator. I know he was really good under Les Miles, and um, he had a knack for going 9-3 at Nebraska, but I think he's a really good defensive coordinator. So I'm excited about that. Anything you all want to add before we get into the schedule?
2: No, I mean, we pretty much have already talked about LSU a decent amount so far when we did the Alabama game. Um, you know, I expect them to lead on their running backs a little bit more this year. They got some really talented young running backs. Okay. Cool, 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 cool. All right, so starting with their schedule, um,
1: we think they're probably going to win a lot of their games. I think the over-under was eight, uh, seven and a half for LSU. So starting with the first three games of the, the year, I think these are probably going to be wins. So I'm going to kind of skip oh, over skip, skip over Mississippi State at Vanderbilt, Missouri. I think we're all going to say win there. So that's 3-0. and oh. The first test comes against uh, Florida and Gainesville. JB, you got something for this one?
3: I do. I, I'm going to go with uh, Florida in this one. Uh, I am. I was really high on Florida as recently as a few months ago. But with the uncertainty there uh, with the team, you know, I'm not going to say in a mutiny, but the team uh, not quite as bought in this year, I'm afraid, especially with the receiving core. Uh, and also Mullen, uh, his recruiting, obviously his recruiting is not the greatest. I am not as much into the momentum as I was three months ago but I'm still going to go with Florida in this one because it's earlier in the season. And this series just goes back and forth, back and forth, and this year Florida gets it.
2: Yeah, it was a really close game last year. Um, Florida was able to keep up with LSU for a lot of the game. Um, Dan Mullen just for some reason has a lot of success against LSU, um, at least LSU's defense typically. Um, So I I feel really good about Florida winning this game. And, you know, as I said earlier, the stability – and these uncertain times is is very much key. Um, they return a lot on their team. Todd Grantham, um, you know, I love what he does defensively. Uh, Kyle Trask, a little bit more of a game manager maybe, and it does concern me a little bit that some Florida receivers are opting out because of COVID, or at least that's the rumor at this point. Um, so uh, that does concern me a little bit, but I just think uh, Florida, this is the year that they're looking towards, and they're going to be ready to play, and I think they're a little bitter about last year. And, um, you know, I just think LSU has a lot of question marks, and there's just a lot – there's a lot less questions at Florida. It's early in the season, so I'm going to go with uh, Dan Mullen to, to win the game against uh, Ed Orgeron. Three and one LSU.
1: Play South Carolina at home. I think we're all going to say a win here for LSU. Anything you all want to add before we move on? Um, I don't think it's going to be an ugly game. I think LSU wins big. Okay. You know, big game. <laughs> all right. All right. Glad the uh, – the, the spirited debate there you all have about this game. So that's four and one LSU playing at Auburn. We've already discussed this one. We think LSU is going to win this game. So that's five and one uh, going to uh, play Alabama at home, which we've already discussed that as well. We said, uh, I think we're split on this. I think JB's saying LSU win, whole saying Alabama, but uh, not super confident about that one. So um, I'll be the tiebreaker for this one. I'm going to say Alabama is going to win that game. So that is, uh, what, five and two, I think. One, two, three, four, five and two, LSU playing at Arkansas, which I think we have already said this is going to be easy win for LSU. So that's six and two. Then a- at A&M, this is another uh, fun one, I think, to discuss. So let's talk about this one for a second. Oh, what, do, what do you have for this one?
2: Yeah, well, obviously the last time LSU made the trip over was the seven overtime game. a uh, and finally was able to get a win in that series. Um and I think they're gonna get the win again this year. Um, uh, you know, again, I mean AM just has so much coming back. Um I think defensively they're gonna be really, really good this year. And um, you know, I think they're gonna have an answer for LSU's offense. And uh, you know, the running back Spiller got hurt last year for AM, he's a really highly recruited player, was playing really well. Um he's gonna be back this year, so look, really looking forward to him. I think he's gonna have a big season. And um, I just think this is a year to to kind of take a step up. And uh, LSU obviously is replacing a lot, so I'm going to go with a JB, This is a uh, true toss-up for me. I, I struggled with this
3: one, I think, more than any game I had when I was picking all the West teams in, in their games. Uh, I really am high on a this year. I'm higher on LSU than most people are as far as uh, retaining a lot of their success from last year, not dropping off as much as people expect. Uh, I've got both of these teams at 7 1 going into this game. I think it's going to have major SEC West implications. But with that being said, I, I'm going with LSU in a really tight one in this one over AM. Because, you know, LSU is playing Arkansas the week before, and AM uh, the week before, uh, they're playing uh, Ole Miss, which could be somewhat tougher because I think Ole Miss's offense is going to be a lot better as the season progresses. And I think it's. But, I mean, not, it's not, like, that big of a deal. But I, I'm still going with LSU. I just think they do have a little bit more of the mental edge, so to say, being the defending champs. But, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if a and wins. But, like I said, they'll both be 7-1 with major SEC West
1: implications.
0: That makes me the tiebreaker,
1: and I am going to pick A&M uh, for this game. I'm a little bit uh, lower on LSU than you are, JB. But um, – and then they finished off the year – with Ole Miss at home. I think we're all going to say that's a win for LSU. That would make them uh seven and three. But that being said, I think they're going to be a really good seven and three team. It, if there's such but a thing. You got them at seven
3: and three. I got them at nine one. I yeah. am
1: hot hog. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think if they do finish seven and three, it's just, it's going to be like a, they're going to be a good team at seven and three. I mean, you lose the um, Alabama A&M and Florida. Um, those aren't, those aren't bad losses. So <clears> we'll, um, We'll see where their ranking plays out with that. I mean, it's going kind to of be fun to see the rankings in general without uh, Big Ten and Pac-12 teams. Uh, it's more so Big Ten than Pac-12 because they don't really take up much rankings, but um, we'll see how that plays out. So that is LSU at 7-3 and three for us. We have them at the under con- consensus consensus under 7.5 wins, but JB has them over at 9-1, and one, surprisingly, which is funny. All right, next team up, Mississippi State hosts specialty here um the only thing I'm excited I guess not the only thing the things I'm excited about is the new air raid offense with Mike Leach completely different from last year and I don't know I guess Holt you have the um, inside knowledge for this one is it that easy to have a new coach that has a completely different offense to learn it this fast and be successful in year one I mean I feel like if anyone could do it Mike Leach could do it
2: yeah, well, I mean, the thing that you hear um, from former players of like Mike Leach is how simple the offense is. Um, you know, they don't—it's not a very big playbook. They run a lot of the same plays over and over again. So, in that sense, it is easy to you know to pick up. Uh, that being said, you know, it's all about repetition. So, the more reps you get, the better you're going to get at it. Obviously, so um, the lack of reps is definitely going to cause problems. But um, you know, I think they should be able to be at least pretty good on offense this year. Um, History has shown that Mike Leach, even when he doesn't have any talent, um, is still able to move the ball. Um, You know, he took over some pretty bad situations at Texas Tech and Washington State and, uh, you know, didn't have a lot of success as far as wins go his first year, but definitely was able to move the ball. So, um, you know, if you look at his track record, I mean, he's compared to the other three new coaches in the SEC this year. Um, you know, it's like, it's like night and day. I mean, he's pretty much won everywhere he's been uh, consistently. Uh, he's never won like a conference championship or anything like that, but he's had some really, really good teams. Um, a couple of 11 win teams, um, at two places that do not recruit well and do not, um, you know, obviously have a lot of history. So I, I definitely think he's probably the safest as far as like on the field coaching of the new hires, but I also feel like he's the most likely to get, uh, you know, in trouble for saying something stupid. Of course. Do you um, you worry about their defense now? I know they
1: had pretty good defense the past couple years, especially two years ago, I guess it was. Um, I'm looking at their defensive coordinator, which I haven't heard about until now, Zach Arnett, the defensive coordinator from San Diego State. Does that excite you at all, or do you just think that Mike Leach always brings a bad defense with him?
2: Um, well, I mean, Zach Arnett intrigues me a little bit. Um, obviously he runs at three three five, so it's gonna be a little bit of a unique defense for other teams to prepare for, and also think it makes sense considering a lot of teams are throwing the ball now. Um, so I mean, I, I guess I'm a little bit excited. Um, they did lose um some defensive players off last year's team, obviously a couple of second round draft picks and Cam Dansler and Willie Gay. Um and then uh, they lost two potential starters to transfers um, and then had another potential starter get injured in a car accident um, and won't be playing this year. Um, so just really taking a lot of hits on the defensive side, especially in the secondary, and they they just had one of their starting corners opt out for COVID reasons. Um, so definitely the front seven, I think, is probably still going to be okay, but I think the secondary is uh, going to be a little – it's gonna be a little uh, ugly this year, uh, to say the least. So they're really gonna need the the offense to to do some things to keep up. That's probably what you'll
1: get mad most mad at too, is if like a corner gets beat deep or something like that. I mean, you can get you can get mad at like a defensive line like letting a running back run through the hole for first down or something like that, but getting beat deep is pretty pretty infuriating.
2: Yeah, it is. I mean, even that 20 I mean, it seems secondary has always been a problem for Mississippi State. I mean. Ever since Jonathan Banks and Darius Slay graduated, um, it's been it's been some some rough secondaries for uh, for Mississippi State. Yeah, uh, 2014 team uh, gave up like 500 yards to UAB. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, yep. Um, yep. That'll get a coach fired for sure. All right, so um, let's go through the schedule here. I think the over under is four and a half. Uh, some of these we've already talked about, so we'll kind of skim through them. Uh, first two games at LSU and against Arkansas at home, we've already talked about that should be a loss and a win. So it's one and one going to Kentucky. Uh, and as it is tough to get a win at their grocery store hold, as you do know. Uh, let me let me push this over to JB. What do you got for this one, JB? I'm going with Kentucky. I mean,
3: it's, it's more or less respect for Kentucky. Uh, I mean, I do like Mike Leach. I'm a big fan of Mike Leach. Always loved the Pirates. He's going to have success at Mississippi State. I think their offense at Mississippi State is going to be fun this year. I mean, I think KJ Costello is going to really thrive in Leach's system. I mean, Leach has some of the best uh, talent he's had assembled really since his days at Texas Tech. I mean, their offense is going to be fine. I do worry more about the defense and the way that he runs his air raid because you do face a lot of three and outs potentially with the way he plays. But I'm going to Kentucky. It's, It's the respect I have for Kentucky. And I think Kentucky is just a more balanced team. They're really solid on offense, and they're going to be solid on defense, too. And especially on the offensive line, Kentucky's offensive line is going to
1: be one of the better units in the entire SEC. Hold on. I'll I'll let you expand upon the uh, next game against A&M, but uh, I'm assuming you're taking Kentucky here as well.
2: I mean, it's really a toss-up for me. I mean, it it could go either way. Um, State's lost their last two trips up there. Kentucky's really elevated – um, as a program and um you know state was able to win last year pretty easily but I'll go with Kentucky this year just because we know pretty much what they are and there's just too many question marks around state right now one and two Mississippi State takes on AM at home
1: Holt do you have anything to expand upon I'm assuming we're uh we're all gonna say a and gonna win this game
2: but are you are you scared about this game Holt? I mean, yeah, I think, you know, just like I said, I, I'm really high on A&M this year. Um, I expect them to get the win. Um, you know, that being said, Mississippi State has had a lot of success against A&M since they joined the conference, especially since Manziel graduated. Um, so, I don't think, you know, Manziel is actually the last A&M quarterback to win in Starville. Um, so, it, it should be, you know, a situation where Mississippi State is not going to be, you know, their players aren't going to be, like, threatened by this game. They're going to have confidence. Um, you know, they know that win. But, uh, you know, I just think AM is a little bit farther ahead right now. One in three, State takes on
1: uh, Alabama and Tuscaloosa. We already talked about that game. That's a win for Alabama. That's one in four Mississippi State, which is going to look pretty ugly at this point. Thank God hope they have Vanderbilt coming up. Um,
2: I think this should be an easy win. Does this make you nervous, Holt? Um, well, it's going to depend on how Vanderbilt looks the first few weeks. But um, as of right now, I'm not concerned about this game. I'm considering this a win. Okay, and I'm assuming you're saying the same J.B. win for State here?
3: I am. I mean, it's sandwiched between two tough opponents with Alabama and Auburn. But this is a game that if you're Mike Leach, you got to have this circled because you know this is a game that you have to win. And, I mean, not to go too far into this, but, I mean, there's five games on state schedule that if they're going to get to five and five, there's five games that to me are toss-ups or where they're going to be slight favorites, which will be Kentucky, Vanderbilt, Olvis, Missouri – and uh, Arkansas, but Vanderbilt's one of those games that they're going to be favored, and I'm going to go with uh, State in this one. I I think Vanderbilt is going to be the
1: worst team in the conference this year. Nice. Oh, dang, that's worse than Arkansas. That's bad. Bad. Um, All right, so we have a win there, finally. Two and four, I think. Um, Yeah, two and four. State takes on Auburn at home. We already talked about this game. That's a win for Auburn, so that's Two and five, taking on Georgia in Athens. I think we're all going to say that's an easy – I don't want to say easy to hurt your feelings, Holt, but it's going to be a win for Georgia. Two and six. State plays Ole Miss, Egg Bowl, Thanksgiving weekend. Um, This one we can definitely discuss. Holt, um, will you be at this game again if they allow? It's in Oxford, not Starkville.
2: Uh, I probably won't be able to make it this year. um, You know, but – I mean, hopefully, if I have an opportunity to, then, yeah, I'll try to go. Um, But I don't think I will. Um, You know, I mean, this game is definitely going to be very intriguing. Uh, It's going to draw a lot of national storylines. I'm not sure why they moved this game off Thanksgiving. I don't know if it's just, like, for TV reasons or or what. But um, So, it's going to be played on Saturday this year. Um, So, I mean, it should be a really good game. I mean, we'll talk about Ole Miss more in a second. But, um, you know, they've definitely got some exciting playmakers on offense. And Lane Kiffin is very creative. And, uh, you know, I think he understands uh, rivalry games, you know, from being a head coach. And uh, Mike Leach hasn't done great in rivalry games, um, you know, the last few years, that being said, you know, comparing Washington, Washington State to Ole Miss, Mississippi State, it's a little yeah. different because Ole Miss is no Washington for sure. Um, but, uh, you know, I mean, that being said, I mean, it is in Oxford. I'm sure Ole Miss feels like they should have won last year and they want to get that off their – you know, or that taste out of their mouth or whatever. So, I mean, this game could really go either way. It should be an exciting game. I mean, I'm going to go with Missouri State just because I just think Mike Leach is a better coach, and I think the talent is pretty close. But, I mean, really, it could go either way.
1: JB, I'm going to let you talk about the next game against Missouri. But just for this Ole Miss game, can you give me your quick prediction? Yeah, I'm going with uh, the Ole Miss Rebels in this one. Ooh, that means I am the tiebreaker. Man, this one is tough because um, you can't really talk about offense or defense for this game. Every just throw everything out the window for rivalry games. Um, I'm going to say Ole Miss, too, just because it's in Oxford, even though that shouldn't make that much of a difference. But I just think it's going to be uh, one of those games be tough to win uh, for either team. But I think Ole Miss is going to win, especially given uh, last year's game, how uh, that went down. So I'm going to say Ole Miss there as well. Next game up, Missouri. JB, what do you got for me? Well,
3: I like Mississippi State in this one. I mean, I I'm not as down on the Drinkwitz hire as much as I was when he was first hired. The only problem I had with Drinkwitz being hired is that he only had one one year at App State in which he inherited an awesome situation that Satterfield built. But Drinkwitz, I mean, let's not get him wrong. I mean, he is a great offensive mind. Uh, Missouri, I think, is going to have some pretty fun offenses in a few years, but not this year. I think that Missouri is not going to have the greatest season. Upcoming, it's going to be a little bit of a slight rebuild for Drinkwitz, and Leach is going to have a pretty like, like we already talked about. He's going to have some weapons on hand on offense, and I think they're going to get
1: better as the year progresses. I like State to win this one. Short, uh, short, quick prediction. Holt, who you got?
2: State in this one.
1: You State. Yep. So that I think, yeah, that's four wins total. That is the under for the four and a half so we'll um we'll see how that plays out but interesting and I don't know if that's necessarily a bad year for Mississippi State in year one with Leach we'll um we'll see what's gonna be tough is when they start out uh if they start out like one and four or whatever it's gonna be that's gonna be tough to go through as a fan and as a coach as well all right moving on to Ole Miss Uh, High level, J.B., what can you tell me about Ole Miss this year? Well,
3: I can tell you one thing, is that uh, Lane Kiffin is exceptionally exciting. Uh, He he always does fairly well, I think, in his first year. His first year at Tennessee, obviously, uh, had a lot of memories from that season. Uh, You know, 10 years ago, he was the most hated coach in the SEC. Now he's considered one of the most likable coaches in the conference. Uh, Their offense, I think, is going to be pretty solid this year. I don't know. I don't even actually know if it's better, the best uh, offense in the state of Mississippi. I mean, I don't think it will be, but I think their defense might be a little bit better than State's. I mean, I I couldn't even tell you, but I really do like uh, uh, their situation this year. I think John Rice Plumlee is going to have a lot of fun playing in in, uh, Kiffin's system. And, I mean, their schedule, I think, sets up a little bit better than the other school in the state. And it might be a little bit more favorable for them to maybe
1: get an extra win than their rival yeah, it's, um, it's a tough schedule either way. But, yeah, I think the way they're set sets up is a little bit better, more favorable to them. Um, all right, let's go through it. I think the over-under for Ole Miss is at four. So we'll see how we have it individually. Starting off the year against Florida at, um, at Oxford, we'll, uh, we'll say that's a win for Florida. Going to the next game uh, at Kentucky, I think this is a toss-up. I feel like we're all going to say Kentucky here, but um, I'll let you let you play it out here. I start with you, Holt.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like it's maybe a little bit of toss up, but, you know, Kentucky, you know, again, more stability. Um, I think um, Ole Miss has more talent on offense than Kentucky does. Um, and obviously, I really like Kiffin, um, you know, on the offensive side of the ball. Um, it's just going to be interesting to see if they go with Corral or Plumley. Um, you know, if Corral works out, I think he's a better fit for the offense, but obviously, we were able to see what Plumley did last year, um, just being able to make plays. So, um, you know, I mean, maybe Ole Miss comes out, has a big offensive performance. It kind of surprises Kentucky a little bit. Um, but I just think Kentucky's a safer pick. Quick prediction, J.B. Going with the Wildcats
3: here. I mean, I feel like I'm salivating on them. The entire podcast have not even gotten into these yet. But,
1: yeah, I'm going with <clears> Kentucky, <throat> Kentucky here. All right, so that means they're really going to start on 0-3 because next week's against Alabama. It's going to be a tough start for them. But thankfully, they have uh, Arkansas coming up after that. We're all going to say that's a win for Ole Miss. Then uh, Auburn after that, we all said that was a win for Auburn. So that is one and four, taking on Vanderbilt. It's at Vanderbilt, but I think we're all going to say that's a win for Ole Miss. So that's two and four. Then you have South Carolina at Ole Miss. Uh, Another toss-up. JB, what you got?
3: I'm going with Ole Miss here. I am
1: really not that high
3: on South Carolina this year. I really think that (laughs) – I mean, I know they got some talent on that team. But you know, I I've just seen Muschamp squander with you know really good talent, you know during his days at Florida. Uh, his program has regressed a little bit since year two when he was in Columbia. I like uh, old Miss in this one against the Gamecocks.
2: Anything to add to that hold? Uh, I mean, I'm going with South Carolina. Um, I just think they're a much more talented team, and it's just it's just easier sees uh, seizure to go to South Carolina. I mean, I'm sure it'll be ugly. It's not going to be a blowout, but yeah. it's going to be ugly on my chance coaching, but I do think they're going to win because they have more talent.
1: Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna agree with you on this one. Hold on a whole and say South Carolina is going to win. Uh, it won't be uh, a blowout, but uh, I think they will get the win there. So that is uh, now two wins for Ole Miss. I think that's five losses, um, taking on A&M and College Station. I think we're all going to say that's a win for uh and then the next one is against Mississippi State, which we've already talked about. Um, I think we collectively picked Ole Miss, although I think Holtz is Mississippi State. And the next one is at LSU, which we picked uh, LSU previously to that. So that means I think Ole Miss is going to win three games this year. Kentucky. I've, I've got Ole Miss at four and six. Okay. My- All right, well, thank you for your – Insight, uh, Kentucky. well the consensus is? Kentucky, Arkansas, and Vanderbilt. The three wins, um, and you're saying one more against, uh, the Kentucky. Uh, my my wins oh, for oh, not Kentucky. Excuse me, Arkansas, Vanderbilt, and- South Carolina. To be say those are my four wins for Ole Miss. Oh shoot! So actually, we're only saying two wins then because I, I count Kentucky. I don't know why I count Kentucky because probably because I always like to shit on them. All right, so Arkansas and Vanderbilt is the consensus wins for Ole Miss. After that or I guess miss Mississippi State, we're seeing consensus as well because uh, me and you, JB, agreed on that one. So that's three wins.
2: Um, Holt, you have uh, Arkansas, Vanderbilt, and that's it? I guess so. I'm not looking at the schedule right in front of me, but those are the only two I can remember. Okay. Uh, either way, so is uh, is a three-win season for Ole Miss,
1: is that going to be successful, or like is that like a good season for Lane Kiffin on year one, JB? Sorry, I went out right there. What were you saying? I said, is a uh, three-win season for o- for Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin in year one? Is that like okay for him, or is that yeah, absolutely? I mean,
3: I, I mean, especially with an all-SEC schedule. I mean, there's no such thing as like we need to get six wins to get to a bowl. If you win three conference games, that's the equivalent of winning. You know, you know, three going three and one in non-conference, and then going six and six. I mean, that's a good season to me if you win three games.
2: Yeah, uh, if you're Ole Miss, or if you're Mississippi State. I just worry about uh, Ole Miss's defense this year. I mean, that's been kind – of early early, right? Yeah, but, I mean, their best player right now, Sam McWilliams is suspended indefinitely. Um, you know, I don't know if he's going to be coming back at any point. You know, and there's just been – there's always so many questions about Ole Miss's defense. Um, and uh, I just – I feel like they're probably going to be – them and Arkansas are probably going to be the two worst defenses in the conference this year. Um, so, I mean, that's just something to think about. They do have some – Explosive players on offense. We didn't even mention and Um He's going to be a sophomore this year. He's going to do really good things. And, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see which quarterback plays. And then, obviously, they got three or four really talented receivers as well. So, you know, Kevin's definitely got some some options as far as playmakers. Um, but I'm worried about, uh, about the defense mostly. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll see.
1: We'll see how it plays out. All right, so next team up, A&M, in which we've already – gone through all the West games so we're only really only have a few games to talk about and some of these are easy wins um, the over under for Florida or not Florida that's the first game for am is uh, whoo, seven games seven wins for am is over under I think we all said over for that um, high level hole what do you what can you tell me about am this year
2: well, I mean, you know, like we said earlier, they returned 17 starters. Um, you know, Mike Elko is in his third year as defense coordinator. I'm a very big fan of his. They've got some other dudes on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I think they're going to be really surprising people on defense this year. And Kellen Monds, um, you know, has not taken the steps that we thought he would. Um, he's kind of been the same player since, like, his freshman year. He hasn't really taken, like, a step forward. think um, Blame some of that on Jimbo Fisher's offense. But, uh, you know, I still think Spiller coming back is going to be big. They got some talented receivers as well, talented offensive line. They're just a really talented team. They recruit so well. Um, and they're finally experienced. They finally have this one year where, you know, it's everything's kind of breaking their way. Um, I think not having spring practice um, is not necessarily good for them, but it's better for, you know, it's more of a, a detriment to. Teams who don't have as much experience, in my exactly. opinion. So, uh, I think they have an advantage for that reason over maybe some teams like you know Auburn and LSU who have a lot to replace. Um, you know, so I I, I think this is going to be a good year for a M. You know, obviously we already picked Alabama to beat them, and I picked Alabama to go undefeated. But um, so that kind of gives away whether or not I think they can win the West. But I think this is you know going to be their year to really step up and uh, show. You know, flex your muscle a little bit. Yeah, and going on with what
3: Holt said, uh, I mean, we, we've already done all the other teams. So, I mean, I'll just go ahead and give you my A and M record. Uh, my record for A and M this year is eight and two. Two losses being Alabama and LSU. But here's a great thing: is that going into uh, Thanksgiving weekend, A and only going to have one loss. They'll be seven one going into their game hosting LSU. At this point in the season, they're still going to be deep into the playoff hunt. Which is going to be a really successful season, in my opinion, for Jimbo Fisher. It's going to—they're finally going to be able to realize at the talent level that they have there, and they're going to, in at least you know, going into that game. Like, I mean, I got them losing, but I mean, they can definitely win. But the the fact is, is that they're going to be in the playoff chase. They're going to have a lot to play for by the end of the season, which is something they haven't had in any year since they've joined the SEC. I mean, they've had some great starts under Sumlin, but they never could finish. This year they're going to have a great start, and I think they're going to sustain through pretty much the entire season, all
1: leading up to
3: their uh, game against LSU, the second to last week of the season.
1: Yeah. So, Jim you said eight and two with losses to Alabama and LSU, but that uh, implies that you're picking them to beat Florida, um, which is I think is going to be a great game and toss-up game. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I. Guess they're not gonna do College Game Day this year. It'd be kind of weird if they did without people showing up. I don't know how that would work.
3: Uh, Today, that Herb Street was on uh, the Clay Clay Travis Outkick show, and he hinted that they are talking at ESPN about having Game Day on sites of campuses this year, but without fans. But they just still want to try to create that atmosphere of being there, even though there won't be fans. Like instead of
1: simple you know, going, just doing it, doing the easy way out by having it in the studio. I can still get behind that. I don't know what other games on are on that week against Alabama or uh, Florida that the and m plays in back-to-back weeks, but both those games could be game day, uh, especially when you have no picks in a Pac-12 schedule. But um want to talk, I guess, get your opinion hold on the Florida game because I think the other games we're saying uh, – a&M's gonna win in the East, which is South Carolina, Vanderbilt, Tennessee. Um, those three games, and they play Florida. So those sound like wins. I think those should be wins, but the Florida game is a toss up and if JB thinks they're gonna
2: win. I don't know uh, what's gonna happen here. Hold. Yeah, well, obviously he has AM losing to LSU. I'm gonna have AM losing to Florida. Um I just trust Dan Allen more as a head coach than I do Jimbo Fisher. Um, sounds
1: crazy, right? Because he won that championship.
2: Yeah, but I mean I don't know. I, I have my reservations about all that. Um, you know, Auburn was kind of just a very lucky team that year. I really, had uh, to say that. And uh, he sort of ran through the piss poor that year. And they had a first round draft pick a quarterback. So, I mean, yeah, it is impressive. Um, but I just got him, and he has plenty of, um, you know, I guess just. Like disappointing seasons disappointing losses when he's had significantly more talent uh than against at Florida state um so i i just i do have like a little bit of uh reservation as far as that goes um you know I do hope for am's fans' sake that this year is different and I think it will be uh, but i just I trust Dan and more and I think the talent is close both teams are expected to win this year um so I just trust Dan Mullen a little bit more than Jimbo and plus Damon and. You know, like as I've mentioned, it has a lot of success against AM from his time of Minnesota today. So um, you know, that's something to think about as well. I
1: um I can understand logically why you not necessarily like Dan Mullen better, uh, personally, of course, but um he obviously you just trust him or more reliable coach, you know what you're getting with Dan Mullen as opposed to um Jimbo's had kind of
2: uh, more it, variability. It wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me at all. I mean, you know, obviously this has more to do to the win total. But it wouldn't surprise me at all if Jimbo Fisher lost to, like, Ole Miss or uh, Tennessee or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, a game that, like, they should have, obviously should have won. Um, you know, I, I think it was Wake Forest that he always struggled with at, at Florida State. He just, like, for some reason, like, Wake Forest he was always struggling against. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, it's just you never really know with him. And, obviously, this year is going to be totally crazy. And ten conference games in a row is quite a stretch. So Yeah. We're definitely going to see some banged up teams. Yeah, we're definitely going to see some teams in some tough spots um, this year. Um, but I think at the end of the season, the teams, you know, the blue bloods that recruit really well and have the depth, they're going to be the teams uh, winning games. Yep, yep, yep. So uh, <laughs> I was doing some
1: quick research on um, the Florida State Wake Forest games, and I only looked at two, so I can't say my research is complete here. But it was the 2013 and 2014 season, and they were both like humongous blowouts by Florida State. But um, I will get back to you on that one, on um, which maybe it was another team that they struggled with, not wait for us at Florida State. But it's neither here nor there. All right. So I think that's all the teams. So, consensus here we have, I think, Alabama winning the West, although. JB? not the
3: consensus uh I've got I mean just by by default with my records I've got lSU winning the west this year at nine and one
1: well the yeah time. I know I know but consensus would be all of us is what I'm saying like, like yeah. majority majority excuse me majority yeah not a consensus majority majority excuse me uh, majority ruling has Alabama going uh nine yes. and one or ten 0 yes but I will add this,
3: and 9-1 Bama, second in the West, still makes the playoff.
1: Well, yeah, because there's no Ohio State in it. And- no no,
3: no, Pac-12, no Big 12, and I still don't think a group of five gets in. I think it's just going to be – No, there's not going to be a group I of I think five.
1: it's going to be teams from the
3: SEC and then one from the ACC and then
1: – Oklahoma and- make it or Texas. Twelve Oklahoma, I would say, so. That's probably how it's going to roll. Yeah. I mean, it's funny that like Pac 12 is just left out of college football discussion altogether. Like, people are only talking about the Big Ten canceling, and nobody's even saying like the Pac 12 canceled or is even caring about like the Pac 12 missing the playoffs or anything like that because they miss every year anyway. It doesn't matter. Right. That's just, it's funny. All right. So I think that's that's all we have for this show. Next week, we're going to do the East and go game by game, maybe a little bit quicker. Maybe we'll uh, work on that. But excited to talk about the East, and, of course, we can talk all about Tennessee for J.B.'s
2: sake. I know he's dying to talk about them. <laughs> next year, next
1: year. J.B. doesn't like when we, when we uh, show his fanhood, but he, uh, he is very professional. He talks about Tennessee as well as other teams. So, appreciate that, J.B. I always
3: give my analysis without wearing a tint in my, on my glasses. I always take tinted glasses off when I, na- when I analyze every single team. Like, I'm not one of those that is going to be blinded by hatred of any program. And say what I, that they're going to do worse, and just laugh about it, like you know how you see people calling the fine bomb or people that comment on the Saturday Down South Facebook page. Like I'm not one of those people. I definitely get fair and reasonable analysis
1: for all 14 teams in the conference. Uh Well, for my teams, I feel like whole you might might be like this too. Is like for for Memphis, like whenever I'm picking basketball or football, I'm like a little bit more pessimistic or negative on their outlook than I think a fair person would say
2: yeah i mean i i just i definitely would prefer to miss on the pessimistic side than the optimistic side yeah that's like it's just a bad look if you're picking your team to win like every week like lou holtz or somebody yeah (laughs) yeah yeah all right thanks everyone for listening we're excited to do the sc
1: east next week we'll talk to you then
0: Thanks for tuning in to another outstanding episode of the SEC Slow Smoke Podcast. Be sure to rate us and subscribe on iTunes or your podcast app of choice. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at SEC Slow Smoked. Spread the good word on this podcast like the chili and cheese on your fries. If you like this podcast, tell a friend, because there's plenty to go around. Oh, yeah.